0: use the promo code blue wire to get an exclusive savings shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day because if there's one thing that omaha stakes knows it's the dad's want steak that's omahasteaks.com promo code BlueWire at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just 89 dollars. the most valuable commodity i know of is information wouldn't you agree? I got oh, no,
1: five dollars, this is a run to the left.
0: How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Woo! My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. Alright, hit that horn, babe, Let's dance.
2: Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Week 10 podcast. This is our main slate podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host Chris Raybon. Joined as always by my dude Sean Kerner. Sean, how's it going?
1: What a week, what a day, what a past hour. But how, how are you, doing? <laughs> how, you you had uh the the Steelers money line last night, right? Uh how are you feeling today? Oh, I is it
2: mean, worth that is it? it was that was one of the most miserable sweats. I've ever had. I mean, this, these last few primetime games, I know we were both on at Michael Carter under and he, he hit by like a yard, but it was just a miserable sweat. They were running him when they should have been throwing. And then yesterday, I mean, the, he had got all this help from the refs and the Steelers still almost blew the game came down to a last second field goal. Um, that I, I don't know. What, what was the deal with that doink? Cause it, I like, I heard a doink on air and then they showed a replay and it was like 10 yards short. Did it, was oh. there like a doink sound effect? Or something? No, I like thought it did it
1: bounce it did it. and then no. hit the crossbar.
2: Maybe I don't know. Like oh. all I know is that it was like 10 yards short upon like looking at oh, it. Oh, I thought it hit a
1: were you watching the Nickelodeon feed or something where they made like a splat? Noise? <laughs> no, no. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear a doink. I thought I saw it hit the crossbar.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that's what they called it. Like I think we oh. said like, oh doink or something. And then like a lot of people were tweeting doink, and then like they showed a replay and it wasn't even close. So then I don't know what happened. But uh, yeah, that was that was yeah. A hot that's one. crazy, though. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into our Thursday night football uh, preview, and then we'll get into our our positional previews for the main slate. We have the Miami Dolphins, we have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the one thing I think to keep in mind for this one is Baltimore could be very tired. I mean, they played 98 offensive snaps against the Minnesota Vikings, so that you know could be some wonky things going on here. Um, but nonetheless, who do you like in the captain spot uh, for this Thursday night game between the Ravens and Dolphins?
1: Yeah, you really can't go wrong with any of these Ravens players like Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. So um, I, I think they'll be pretty chalky. So I, I'm going with Jalen Waddle as my captain. Um, you know, he's been tearing up man coverage. Ravens play a ton of man coverage. So I think this is a good spot for him. Um, he's been getting a ton of high percentage throws as well you know he's been getting like 10 catches for 60 yard type of games Um, but this could be a spot where he blows up because the Ravens have had some tackling issues so I think he could uh get a couple of huge yak plays here so I just I love Waddle's talent uh, I think he's going to be overlooked here in the captain spot specifically so uh, I like Waddle as a sneaky captain play
2: yeah I like that as well I like both tight ends in this game too uh, I think Mike sicky can have success. We've seen Baltimore struggle against some of these tight ends that are more like wide receivers. You know, Waller, Kelsey um, have big games. Baltimore is 22nd in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, according to Football Outsiders, they've given up the highest amount of schedule-adjusted receiving yards per game on a weekly basis, 79.7 to opposing tight ends. Uh, and then Miami has given up the third most at 77.8 schedule-adjusted receiving yards per game. So I think this is a bounce back for Andrews. Miami does play a lot of man coverage, which Andrews has been the go-to guy over Brown. In this spot. So I think, you know, Brown's had Brown is pretty much a lot for a big game almost every week now. So I'm going to have yeah. some exposure to him. But I think, yeah, I think all of the top receivers in this one uh, are worth it. And obviously, uh, some Lamar Jackson as well. Uh, what about for your DFS cheat codes?
1: Um, well, on the Ravens side specifically, I think Rashad Bateman is the cheat code here. Uh, you know, he has a ton of upside, even if Sammy Watkins plays. I'm kind of hoping Sammy Watkins suits up so Bateman's roster ship uh, maybe takes a hit here. But, you know, his rest run uh, per drop back spiked up to 81% last week. I think it's only going to go up. I mean, he's a rookie coming off an injury, so they've been ramping him up. So I like him in the second half of the season. Um, and then Nick Boyle, I think, is sneaky because he's coming off the IR. He could, you know, catch two passes here uh, and, you know, get a touchdown. So he's one of those kind of like touchdown vulture plays I think uh, could be sneaky here. And, you know, he might be overlooked. Cause like I said, he's coming off the IR. He hasn't played at all this year. Um, so like him, um, I think for the dolphin side, Matt Collins is sneaky just because, um, you know, it looks like Preston Williams will return, but either way, I think Matt Collins um, should see a ton of playing time. He had 83% routes run last week um, and, you know, caught three balls for 22 years and a touchdown. So he's the type of guy where you would never play him on a main slate. But when it comes to a showdown slate, you know, he's the kind of guy that I like to play. Like I said, you know, for last night's game, a Marquise Goodwin or a James Washington type, both of them caught deep passes, and that's pretty much all they did. But they were, um, you know, they, they hit value um, in the one-game showdown. So I, I like Matt Collins to get a couple passes here, and, uh, you know, he could, he could score a touchdown as well. So I think he's a good cheat code play for the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, I think Howland just kind of took over that that number two outside receiver role uh, with, um, you know, everyone kind of banged up, Parker. I I did hear some news that Brian Flores has kind of predetermined that Preston Williams will be active this week after he was a healthy scratch. So when he's been on the field uh, and active, he has had substantial playing time. He's uh, run a route on 46%. Uh, of the dropbacks overall. So um, he's another guy, you know, getting him at mid price, I think he could he could do some things. He's one of the more talented receivers on that Dolphins team. I think Patrick Laird, if this game gets out of hand, uh, is an interesting guy who could catch, like, four or five passes out of the backfield. He he might be that, you know, passing down, go-to passing down back, wait in, like, garbage time. Um, you know, he's been on the field, you know, uh, as that third back, you know, these first couple of games he's been active. So um, I think he's another guy worth – at mid price, and the fullback Patrick Ricard—he's a little pricey, he's like up to one k on DraftKings Showdowns. But you know, he's he's a guy who could catch four or five passes. He could get some goal line vulture action going. So with this Ravens team, where you know they played so many snaps, their running back rotation is kind of hard to decipher. Uh, I think Ricard—it's always nice to, to to get a guy who could potentially just throw off the entire slate with like a a vulture touchdown or something like that near the goal line. He could even catch one. So I, I like him as well. He
1: did catch a touchdown last week, and he saw forty percent routes run per drop back last week. I mean, that's like the Kyle check role. So yeah, he's a great play as well. Um, I, I guess I misspoke when I said uh, Nick Boyle would be the uh, the vulture here. It's probably going to be Patrick Card.
2: And uh, you know, for the for the Monday showdown slate preview. Uh, on our pod, uh, on our waiver pod, I mentioned that, hey, Steelers-Bears, that was like a kicker. You might want to actually roster the <laughs> kicker, and it looked like the winning lineup on, on DK had both kickers. This might be another one of those kind of games. You have Justin Tucker. You have Jason Sanders. You have a Ravens team that is favored to win but could just be a little bit a little bit exhausted, frankly, after playing so many snaps, and now you're going on the short week. So uh, yeah, two good kickers in this game might be a little closer than people think. Uh, the spread is seven and a half in favor of the Ravens. So um, maybe we're just kind of going some contrarian kicker lineups and some defense lineups as well. I, you know, Thursday night, always kind of sloppy. Um, so some of those guys uh, I wouldn't overlook in, in this kind of matchup. All right, let's get into our quarterbacks. Sean, who is your top five for week number 10?
1: So I have Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes.
2: Ooh, Mahomes made it, huh? All right, barely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have, uh, I have Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and uh, Mahomes. Still going. Allen number one. Uh, I thought, you know, I think he's played sloppy, and the offense has played sloppy the last couple of weeks. But I trust him to get it together against this Jets team. Remember, they they couldn't stop the Colts for like the first forty minutes of that game uh, on, on last Thursday night. So uh, I trust the bills to kind of get it together here. And then Lamar, you know, he's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where he's been playing great, but short week, uh, a lot of snaps last week. I just think it could be a little bit of a, a slowdown game uh, for him. So I'll keep Allen number one. And then Tom Brady, I mean, I haven't projected for well over 300 yards He's coming off the vibe and stewing on a loss. Um His numbers against the the spread are just insane when you look at, you know, after a loss, he's 41 and 15 against the spread 73% since 2003, according to our action labs data um, nearly as good to get off against the spread loss on the road, coming off a loss, he's 21 and six against the spread 78%. So all that means is that, you know, the bucks are nine and a half point favorites. The totals 51. That means the bucks are implied to score 30 and a half points. They might beat that like by a touchdown or two, they might put up a 40 piece, uh, in this game, so uh, love Brady uh, in that number three spot, and then I expect to bounce back from Dak. You know the the total is is rising in that Falcons game, and then Mahomes. Really, it just comes down to that that cover three for me and Gus Bradley. Uh, you know they they play a lot of single high, and that hasn't really been how you beat the Chiefs. You play two safeties back, you dare them to run. Will Gus Bradley alter the scheme that he's pretty much known for? That cover three single high safety look against patrick mahomes maybe but that hasn't really been something we've seen him do much of um you know this year so i think i think mahomes is still in a good spot uh to, to crush uh what about for uh your dfs chicos do you like
1: so as always i like jalen hurts at 6500 i just think his ceiling is way too high uh to be 6500 for uh gpps um even cash games his rushing uh you know ability gives him a high floor and ceiling combo so just i, I always think Jalen Hurts is underpriced every single week, including this one. Um, In fact, in his 14 starts, he's averaged 250, uh, 215 passing yards a game. My question to you is: How many times has he finished between 200 and 300 yards in those 14 starts? (laughs) What would be your first guess? Five. (laughs) Wrong. It's two. (laughs) So yeah, and he's thrown for over uh, 325 Uh, yards four times. Um, so yeah, it just it goes to show his wide range of outcomes, um, where he rarely has just a mediocre game passing. So I, I'm tapping in his upside here, um, and he always you know produces on the ground. So love his ceiling here as always. And then Tyler Heineke at 5400. Uh, this is just you know p- potential blow up spot for him against a pass funnel defense. Should be a pass heavy game script as we've said. Tom Brady will probably go off this week, um, and you know Heineke has rushing upside that I love getting a quarterback uh, under 5,500. So love him as well. And he could be getting Logan Thomas and or Curtis Samuel back this week. And you've mentioned that you, you like Heineke a lot more if he has more than Terry McLaurin to throw to. So getting one of those two guys back will be huge for him as well. And then I'll be monitoring Jordan love at 5,100. I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers. Uh, should return this week, but if he isn't able to Jordan uh, love, uh, you know, I'll sprinkle some in at 5100. He had kind of a brutal debut, but that was a tough spot, uh, you know, making his debut at Arrowhead of all places. So, you know, he'll have a home game here against the Seahawks defense could bounce back. So he, he'd be a really good cheap play at 5100 if he does get the start.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think he might, cause Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he told us he was <laughs> vaccinated, is? but he really was immunized. <laughs> and now he's saying like, Hey, I might miss the game. Like I I, yeah. I, I kind of perk up when I hear that. Um, I like the quarterback on the other side of that. Russell Wilson being cleared, um, you know, to, to come back and start here as a road underdog uh, he's 21 and 11, 66% and he's covered by 3.9 points per game. So nearly four points per game. So I think this, Seattle offense is still being a little bit underrated uh, in the market uh, at this point. And uh, Russell Wilson at 6,700, that's a great p- price for a guy that can put up a wheat numbers um, and, and that Packer D they are you know, the outside the top 20 in DVOA against number one and number two wide receivers. So that's, you know, that's a great, uh, that's great news for stacking Wilson with his two top options, DK Metcalf, Tyra Lockett. You're also coming off the buy. So you've had extra time to prepare for this Packers defense. That's, uh, kind of banged up in the secondary. So so like Russ, like Dak Prescott to bounce back against this Falcons D that's 28th in DVOA uh, against the pass, you know, Falcons D is not going to give the Cowboys as much problems running the ball. They're not going to give them as much problems in terms of man-to-man coverage uh, the way the Broncos did. So just a completely different matchup. I think you bet on the bounce back for Dak at, at 6,900. And, and I already talked about Brady, but I still think in that top tier, I think he's worth playing this week, uh, even though he doesn't have rushing upside because – um, just coming off the bye going against a shaky Washington secondary. Uh, I just think he's going to have a massive, massive game
1: with you on that one. <laughs> All right. Who is our prop for quarterback? Uh, let's go with Patrick Mahomes total passing yards against the Raiders. I have inside information on this one on where <laughs> you're going to go, but I will keep the line at two seventy six and a half. and a half. Are you going over under that? He's only cleared that once or twice the past. I think it's twice. Two times the past seven games. Is he going over here?
2: Yeah, he's going over. Uh, I got him closer to 300. But again, I I think you have to kind of treat betting and forecasting and DFS kind of the way that, you know, offensive coordinators and and defensive coordinators treat scheming against the other team. Like you have to kind of test Gus Bradley and say, will you abandon your single high safety cover three looks and give – Patrick Mahomes more, you know, too deep safety, dare him to run the ball type of looks. That really just hasn't been something Bradley has done. Uh, you have a low spread of two and a half in favor of the chiefs. You have a high total up at 52. So I think this is a spot where, you know, could be a close high scoring game. I mean, the last couple of weeks, you know, giants and Packers. So those are two teams that you don't need to really put up a lot of points against. Now, uh, yards against now the Buffalo was concerning. He put up two seventy two, so he was close to the line. Uh, and then Tennessee was just a disaster game that you just kind of got him. You know, that was where everything really just, you know, yeah. hit the fan. He played only set, uh, three quarters of the snaps in that one. So uh, you got to kind of throw that out. I mean, I think he's due. I think he's due for a bounce back, even if it is kind of on more dinking and dunking. I, I still think, you know, against his zone defense, I, I think they're going to be able to, to move the ball. All right, uh, let's go to running back. Who are your top five at running back this week?
1: Jonathan Taylor, number one again for me this week. Um, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and then Alvin Kamara.
2: I got Dalvin, 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 and Dalvin. <laughs> top five. I mean, this is that fair this enough. This is a smash spot. Uh Chargers run defense. I mean they made Jordan they brought Jordan Howard back to life uh last week. I, I just think this charger run defense is is not very good. They're 32nd in DVOA, dead last. They're ninth against the pass, so it's a funnel. Um, uh, Galvin Cook's receiving uh, usage has been going up in terms of his routes run per dropback uh, for the last five, six games. It's been increasing uh, every week. He's, he was up to 57% last week. He usually gets 80 90% of the carry. So love him at number one. Uh, Taylor at number two. The only thing with Taylor is the Jags have been Number two in the league at limiting explosive runs. Now, that's Jonathan Taylor's MO. He'll probably get one or two anyway. You know, I, I know Derrick Henry went off against them, but I still think just because of they're pretty similar in, in my numbers. So, going with the guy with the better matchup here then Alvin Kamara, uh, Najee, and Austin Eckler uh, at number five for me.
1: Yeah, I don't, you, you can't really go wrong with either Jonathan Taylor or Dalvin Cook. So, it's probably not even worth arguing over.
2: All right, so, who do you like with to your uh, <laughs> top plays, your, your DFS cheat? Well, calls, because you're higher on than the consensus.
1: I'm going with Jonathan Taylor at 8,100. I'll, I'll let you have Dalvin Cook at 8K, who obviously is a great play, but I just love Jonathan Taylor in this spot. Um, you know, he just usually eats against terrible defenses, especially at home. Um, and, you know, he hasn't had his full offensive line um, until just a couple of weeks ago. So, You know, I'm not surprised that he's starting to tear it up. Marlon Mack was a healthy scratch. So just, uh, I think Jonathan Taylor has a massive, massive floor and ceiling here. So love Jonathan Taylor, 8,100. You know, I also love Javante Williams at 5k. I feel bad because I finally hopped off the train uh, last week because I didn't like the matchup. You know, Garrett Bowles is out. Um, typically, the, the Broncos abandoned the run in trailing game scripts. They were 10-point underdogs against the Cowboys. I didn't think they were going to blow out Dallas, so Javante Williams went off. Um, and I, I kind of like getting Javante Williams in this price range when Melvin Gordon is healthy because Javante Williams is so talented, he doesn't really need that many touches To put up um, big stats. So I think, you know, if it when Melvin Gordon were to miss time, Javante Williams will be a no brainer play. He'll be 7500. And, you know, he'll be good, obviously, but I think it's sneaky to get him when Melvin Gordon is healthy and they're splitting touches because he's too talented to be 5k. So love him this week. Um, and then, you know, got a couple of guys at 4,700 that could become free square plays this week. And uh, David Singletary, uh, Zach Moss is in the concussion protocol. So if he misses this week, Singletary will have a big game against the Jets. Uh, and then Dearness Johnson, uh, you know, Nick Chubb was placed on the COVID list. He's vaccinated, I guess. So there's a chance he could return this week. But, you know, also Demetric Felton got placed on the COVID list. Even John Kelly is on there. so. Dear Johnson could be the only running back the Broncos, the Browns have, and he's already proven um, that he can put up good numbers uh, in that spot this year. So, gonna love him at forty seven hundred if uh, Nick Chubb is out as well.
2: Yeah, I mean they signed Brian Hill, so it, it's trending towards oh. guys missing the game. Uh, you know that's that's kind of you know, as we record this early uh, Tuesday afternoon, we're seeing a lot of news is kind of coming in here. So, talk about free squares. Uh, Alvin Kamara got banged up in that Saints uh, in the last Saints game. And the Saints are are reportedly working out some some backs here. So uh, Mark Ingram may be a free score at forty five hundred. Wow. There's like internal reports that, you know, there, there are there is some worry about Kamara's availability uh, for this week. So that's something uh, to monitor uh, as well here. Uh, for the for the Saints Uh, I think you you look at another team that might have some injuries the the Patriots Brandon Bolden could be a great play at 4400 Harris and Stevenson left the last game Uh, not sure if it's a concussion protocol but both of them were listed with head injuries Uh, so I'm assuming it's something along those lines but uh, that's another guy to monitor Uh, love Singletary and Williams Cordell Patterson I think you got to keep playing him he's an RB1 at this point, he's only 6,600 still on DraftKings. He's their best, he's their best skill player at this point. I mean, he's been playing even better than Kyle Pitts. <laughs> um, you know, Pitts has had some drops and, and and things like that. Obviously, Pitts is the more talented guy, but uh, remember, Patterson was no joke. That's why he lasted in the week this long. Very talented guy. Just first round talent. Ever. Yeah, no one ever knew yeah. how to use him. Uh, so, you know, Arthur Smith has unlocked that. So, love him. And, and James Connor at 6,400. Uh, he's going to be the workhorse for this Cardinal team. You still have, you know, even if the receivers and Kyler are healthy, I mean, you know, it's kind of guys are out of sorts, miss time. You don't know how the COVID is going to affect the wide receivers. You don't know exactly how good Hopkins hamstring is going to be. So uh, I think they lean on, on Connor yet again. So, so like him as well at, uh, at 6,400.
1: Love, 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 love Connor as well. And that's why he is our player prop. We need to discuss because uh, this is actually up on prize picks right now. I'm, in line with it. Uh, so I'm projecting him for 69 rushing yards nice. right now. They're prop. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> right now. Their prop is 69 and a half. And I thought I might've been a bit too low. Um, are, are you over or under that?
2: I'm actually a little under, I'm at 64. Um, yeah, I have him 15 carries for 64 yards and three catches for another 22. So I have him for 18 touches, Eno Benjamin for about six touches. So Connor getting about 75%. I think, I think Benjamin earned about a 25% or so backfield share i mean he had that that awesome truck stick uh (laughs) against san fran last week and uh i think he mixes in like he's a he's a he's my rb 45 and connor's my rb 10 so i'll go i'll go just under this one but uh i do like connor this week i just think that number is you know obviously you know somewhat to do with the recency bias and the hype of, of what happened last week
1: yeah and i think he'll be more involved in the passing game as well so i think he's gonna have a great game but yeah his his rushing yard prop might be a bit too high, but I'm just too scared to, <laughs> right. to take the under after watching him last week. He looked possessed. So, I mean, he, like, like you've said, he he's a talented running back. I, I think he got bagged on heading into the season. You and I were both saying um, he and Chase Edmonds were probably being underdrafted just because even when they're both healthy, uh, they're probably going to, you know, be ADP. But if either one goes down, they're going to become a high-end RB2. Either one could be a high-end RB2. And that's James Conner this week. Uh, with Edmonds out of the lineup. So, yeah, I love James Conner this week uh, in DFS.
2: All right, let's go to wide receiver. Who you got in your top five for week number 10?
1: So I have Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, number three, assuming Aaron Rodgers plays. Uh, Then Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown with Debo Samuel, 0.1 away from the top five. So he's almost there. (laughs) He's not quite there yet for me, but he's almost there. All right.
2: That's interesting. I have Jefferson all the way down at 10. I mean, I still have him six for 82, uh, but um, I do have Debo ahead of him. And uh, my top five is Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Again, like you said, assuming Rodgers plays. If he doesn't, he will be outside the top five. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. And these are assuming Antonio Brown is out, which he's been in a walking boot. So uh, I have Brady projected for well over 300 yards. Godwin and Evans are clearly those top two targets. Looks like Gronk's going to be out again, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Arians did not express optimism about either of Rob Gronkowski or Antonio Brown making a return despite coming off the bye. So um, Godwin and Evans right there, and then and then Debo right after those guys. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty loaded week, I, I think, this mm-hmm. week. But, uh, uh, yeah, monitor, you know, obviously our rankings at ActionNetwork.com and our projections, you know, for where Adams – ends up, because that's going to be heavily dependent on what what happens with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. All right, uh, who do we like for our DFS cheat codes? Uh, guys we're just higher on than the consensus and fantasy.
1: So, I mean, obviously I like Jonathan Taylor this week. I think he's going to go off. But I also like Michael Pittman at 6,300 um, against the Jaguars. You know, the, the second half, you know, they, it might be the Jonathan Taylor show, but certainly the first half. Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman could go off Uh, and if it hasn't been clear by now it should be clear that we're in the middle of a Michael Pittman year two breakout Um, I remember you called him heading into his rookie year last year um, and it took a while for him to 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 kind of hit his potential but it's there Um, and we finally started seeing his his touchdown upside I said I think it was like week five He hadn't scored a touchdown yet. I was saying he profiles as a touchdown scorer. Um, So, you know, ever since then, he's gone off and he's been scoring touchdowns. So love him at 6,300. I think his roster ship might be lower just because people assume, you know, his ceiling might be capped against the Jaggers. But either way, I'm still jamming him in there at 6,300. I love Jerry Judy at 5,300 this week. This is the price point I've been able to get T. Higgins the past few weeks. Um, So I'm pivoting to Jerry Judy here. Uh, He's been um, eating up zone coverage uh, this year and his rookie season. Uh, So, you know, this is a good matchup for him against the Eagles. Uh, And his playing time, you know, he's been held back. His routes run per drop back have been around 77, 78 percent. His first two games back from injury that that should approach 90 percent going forward. So uh, I think his ceiling is a little bit higher than people think. Um, And then some of the cheaper guys I love is uh, Deontay Harris at 4K um, against the Titans. He, he's the kind of guy where, um, just anytime he's on the field, he's going to see targets. So, uh, he, he came back from injury. The saints have been kind of easing him in at 45% routes run per drop back his first two games back. But if that spikes up to anywhere around 60 to 70% routes run, I mean, he could post six plus catches easily. So he's kind of a guy that's too cheap considering DK's a full PPR site. So love him. And then just one more week of Tyler Johnson, I think, at near min price uh, with Antonio Brown likely out again this week. Uh, he should be the number three wide receiver for Tom Brady. And uh, you know, I love Tyler Johnson. I think he's uh, one of the more talented uh, year two players uh, that often gets overlooked and Scotty Miller could return, but I think, you know, they're going to ease him in. So just like getting Tyler Johnson at near min price, uh, especially since we're, we're both pretty high on Tom Brady and the the Tampa Bay passing offense this week.
2: Yeah. Tom Brady is pretty good. Uh, so we need a lot of exposure to him, which means we need a lot of exposure to his pass catchers, especially, you know, not just the expensive ones uh, in Evans and Godwins who who are, by the way, pretty good values, Uh, you know, top five guys for me. So um, they're, you know, their values are great, but um, also some of the cheaper guys to kind of round out those stacks. Uh, For me, I like uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett kind of the same deal. I think you get to buy low on them because you've had all these starts with Geno Smith. Now you get Russell Wilson back green Bay, uh, according to football outsiders is number 24 in DVOA against number one wideouts and number 27 against number two wideouts. So that this could be a big game. Remember they're coming off to buy, you know, they've had time to kind of, uh, get this thing right and seattle's gonna regress upward in terms of just their offensive play volume they've been averaging in the mid 50s in plays per game they just you know their offense just hasn't been on the field due to a variety of factors sometimes it's just been big plays sometimes it's been you know things happening on defense special teams but um i expect them to have more plays and metcalf and lockett to put up put up really good numbers i have them both right around 80 yards uh projected receiving for this week uh julio jones Another guy we haven't got a chance to talk about much because he's always been nursing a hamstring injury. Looks like he's off the injury report. He played 87%, uh, ran a route, excuse me, on 87% of the dropbacks a week ago. Uh, This is a a good matchup for him, I think, against the Saints. You know, he's familiar with them. You don't run on the Saints. You don't have Derrick Henry, so you're probably definitely not going to run on the Saints. Could be a sneaky 10-target game for Julio and A.J. Brown, uh, you know, together each. Uh, so I like Julio at 5,400 and the Titans just released Josh Reynolds. You know, I guess, you know, oh. they, they made, they scratched him for his revenge game and then just dropped him. <laughs> so, I mean, each, each Tennessee, I guess they're, I guess they're going forward with uh, Westbrook Aquina and uh, Marcus Johnson. Marcus J-
1: Chester Rogers. Yeah. Chester.
2: Yeah. How does, I mean, every year, I'm just like, how is Chester Rogers on a roster? And then <laughs> he's like the starting slot for Tennessee somehow, but uh, you know, props to him. Get that bag, Chester Rodgers.
1: <laughs> Get that uh, funny, Chester. Right, yeah,
2: yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, man, I could see myself betting on a Chester Rogers under two before the year's
1: over. I, careful. he. It. Yeah, he took a big hit last week. We'll see. Yeah, um, I think he came back in the game, but he took a shot in the back last week. So well, either way, that, all
2: the more reason why like Julio Jones here. Uh, and then, uh, and, and yes, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the other guy I really like, uh, you know, right along with Judy, I, you know, I was just going to mention I've been banging the drum on this Eagles defense playing so much mm-hmm. zone. Uh, so, you know, obligatory shout out to Tim Patrick, but he's been like their least kind of like their third guy get zone Judy and, and and Sutton have been a little more um, involved there. So Patrick's just been really good. So like, I'm not sleeping on him anymore. I think I only have him like three spots below Judy, but um, I I think, so I think you want to look at him too, but Judy this matchup just sets up really well uh, for Jerry Judy. So I like that call a lot. Uh, Where are we going with the prop?
1: Uh, So, you know how you and Samantha have your weekly check-in on Mike Davis? Yeah. Uh, We're having our weekly check-in on Brandon Ayuk. So, let's (laughs) go with the Ayuk prop here. Uh, I have his receiving yards at 42 and a half. Are you going over or under that? I will go
2: just under. Uh, I have him at 40. And a lot of that is due to, obviously, I'm very high on Debo Samuel. I have him over 80 yards. I have George Kittle, you know, near 60 at 58. So I do have Ayuk projected to run, you know, 93% of the routes this week. He's been in that mid-90s range the last two weeks. So he's my wide receiver 43 uh, on the week, um, higher than he's been in a while. I think he's borderline startable, you know, in in 12-team leagues as that wide receiver three or flex, you know, if you need it. But uh, yeah, I I like I like Ayuk to have a kind of stay relevant now. I think you get to buy low on him if he's still on your waiver wire. You know, he was a wide receiver too coming into the season in terms of draft capital, um, and just really disappointing start. But um, yeah, I think we can kind of we're getting there. We're getting there with Ayuk. Where how are you? Uh, what are you feeling about Ayuk into this week? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think uh, I'm buying Ayuk right now. It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think week eight, um, he broke season highs in like routes run, snaps, everything. So. Um, he's the kind of guy that we, we know he has wide receiver two potential. Um, and he had a bit of a bear market there week one through seven. Uh, and I need to go back and track, like he, he might be like syncing up with Bitcoin's price or something. He kind of reminds <laughs> me of Bitcoin. Uh, it, it's been a total bear market on him. And now that Bitcoin's starting to break out, uh, so is I and if I think back to last year, it was like, I need to chart this out, but I might be onto something. But yeah, so technical uh, analysis Aide from further version of Bitcoin. Uh, so buy, buy, buy right now.
2: Yeah. Oh, did, was that an in sync reference? Did you just like what?
1: Uh. <laughs> no, that would be back. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, different buy. Buy, buy, buy. Yeah. Bye, bye. yeah um, Sorry, I was never a big uh boy band fan, but uh, yeah. I mean, geez, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to avoid that, and like.
2: Growing up watching a like TRL, I would, I would, be, I would watch TRL. Um, not gonna lie, but uh, also, Mohamed Sanu is out like he's he got hurt. Oh, yesterday. your boy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, the, the other guys that are threatening Ayuk for routes are Jawan Jennings, Trent Sherfield, Textbook Trent, and Travis Benjamin. So, yikes. This is a, it's a good spot, sneaky good spot for Brandon Ayuk here. Yeah. Let's go to tight end. Uh, who's your top five for this week?
1: Uh, Kelsey Waller Pitts. Andrews and welcome back to the top five, George Kittle.
2: You're gonna love mine. So I, I have the same top four, but number five over Kittle. What? Uh and, and this is oh, this is in my, you know, this is like early week. So, but this is what my model's saying. Dalton Schultz over oh. George Kittle, because Dalton Schultz played 95% of the snaps, ran a route on 91% of the dropbacks last week, and this Dallas Atlanta totals at 54 and a half, you know. Listen, it's 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 just a volume play, Kittle. I mean, I have him running his normal routes, but remember, Kittle runs routes in like the '70s and '80s in terms of per dropback. He he's a great blocker. Um, whereas Dalton Schultz, I mean, he's would jar Jarren out, he just essentially became an every down route runner for Dak Prescott. So uh, maybe I flip flop him, but I'm I'm really high on Dalton Schultz uh, this week. So I, your boy, I can't our argue boy. there.
1: I, I can't argue there, and I probably need to get a Schultz jersey after last th- this week because. I had over three and a half receptions at minus 170. I ate a ton of juice to get this. And he had one catch heading into the final drive, down like 30 points or whatever. And he got three passes in a row. I think either way, he ended with four catches, barely cleared the number. So I'm a, obviously, ever since I faded Dalton Schultz in what was it, week three, I become a Dalton Schultz stan. So yeah, I can't I can't fault you for having him in your top five. Yeah,
2: I mean good yeah, that's that's good thing he got over that. I mean it's hard to get catches when Malik Turner's just gobbling everything
1: up. <laughs> yeah, uh, what the <laughs> hell is that? Oh man, that was week <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, Malik Turner and Olami Day Zacchias for combined touchdown. And Josh Johnson being the QB three, I think. Yeah. Didn't and even start and he still finished top three. Just and uh, Josh
2: Allen outscoring Josh Allen. <laughs> like, yes. And IDP. Yeah. Yes, Josh Allen. Unbelievable. Was, yeah, just nuts uh that is that's actually that's all that's like the like I know this is not a tight end specific question but like how concerned are you of like a letdown spot for the Colts with like because the Jaguars it's not just like the Bills had a bad day like the Jaguars did kind of switch their scheme up but they've been playing more zone and Urban Myers even talked about it and it's it's really helped them because they said they came into the year wanting to be a man team and now that they've kind of switched it up they seem to be getting some things together. So like, is that going to kind of play into any of your DFS, like tournament usage, if like um, let's say Taylor and Pittman are like some of the highest projected mm. rostered, Cause I think they will be honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz is a walking letdown spot, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yes. Oh. But maybe, maybe the Jaguars, maybe the Jaguars just put all they had in that game. And, you know, if if the Colts decide to just lean on Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if there's going to be anything wrong with that. So I think that that does help the Colts out here. Uh But, you know, I, I can't say anything is uh, a done deal with Carson Wentz under center. I'll still have a ton of Jonathan Taylor, so you can't convince me off of that. Um But, yeah, like if the Jaguars make it a game, I won't be surprised.
2: I'm actually pretty good at convincing Taylors. I convinced Chad to go against your prof and take – Tyrod Taylor on convinced me, which then lost. wasn't my prop; it was Simon's prop. But then it lost anyway. So uh. yeah, anything,
1: anything <laughs> Tyrod Taylor lost last week. <laughs> he could have he he could have just uh grabbed one of our uh tight end unders that hit yeah. with ease. I would say with ease. Uh,
0: uh, yeah.
1: both hit by about fourteen yards uh, with room to spare. So yeah, should have uh, convinced him just to take one of ours.
2: Yeah, Convince Me is 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, Sunday morning. Our live show, Uh, Sean, I, and Simon Hunter do our favorite side total and prop. We try to convince Chad Millman of which one to take. Samantha Praviti's on with some fantasy news. Ravel is on, so good show. Check it out if you haven't. Uh, But uh, who do you like at tight end? Cheat codes. Guys, you're higher on getting consensus.
1: So this is the uh, obligatory Dan Arnold mention at 3500. Against the Colts. Um, Not sure what more I can even say about him at this point. Uh, This kind of reminds me of early in the season when I was just saying, just uh, play Dawson Knox and let's see what happens. Uh, At this point, we know who Dan O'Reilly is. He's he's five catches for 50 yards, maybe a touchdown. Uh, Can't beat that at 3,500, especially with um, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller aren't on this main slate. So I think this is the time to kind of spend down at tight end. Uh, So you could also go with Tyler Conklin. At 3,400, you know, the Chargers um, have given up a ton of points to tight ends this year. They uh, rank fifth, fifth most allowed fancy points to tight ends this year. Uh, Conklin's been, you know, sneaky, consistent. Uh, I, I think he has a pretty high floor for a tight end that you can get for sub 3,500. Um, and then it just, it's worth mentioning uh, my boy Hayden Hurst at $2,800 against the Cowboys. This could be a shootout. So getting a guy like Hurst could be sneaky. Um, and, you know, Kyle Pitts is essentially a wide receiver now in this offense. So Hayden Hurst has been seeing a ton of play.